When your asylum claim is accepted, you're not an asylum seeker anymore. You become a refugee, and you get a refugee status and a leave to remain in the country for five years. A leave to remain is a plastic card, and it has your full name, date of birth, issue and expiry date. If you stay in the country for the majority of this time, you are then eligible to apply for an indefinite leave to remain, free of charge. But you need to explain to the home office why you think you should get the indefinite leave to remain. For those who are not British, and if this term confuses you, an indefinite leave to remain means you are allowed to stay and live and work in the country indefinitely. It's like the green card in the United States. In this final episode of season one, I'm going to talk to Ali about his citizenship application, and I'm going to share my own journey to becoming British. When I applied for my indefinite leave to remain, I stated that I had been living in the UK for the past five years, paying my fair share of taxes, and building myself a new life from scratch. I had a full-time job, and UK was my home. The waiting time is up to six months. Very, very stressful six months. I patiently checked my mail every day, hoping to find a letter from the home office. After two months and ten days exactly, I got it. I was relieved, happy. I felt a bit more secure. But I knew I'd have to go through similar stressful time after a year when I become entitled and eligible to apply for citizenship. The application is very long, and you need to provide proof of your tax, home address in the past five years, and many other documents, including the one which states you are a good character. The Home Office does not provide a definition of what a good character is, but I understand that they check your criminal history, international crimes, fraud, or anything you might have committed, which does not make you a good character. In order to become a citizen in the UK, you need to pass the Life in the UK test, by the Home Office, which is a test about the history of the UK rather than life in the UK. The test includes some international days, uh, Valentine and Father Day, um, questions about TV shows, uh, skiing centers in the UK, musical venues all over Britain, and some weird dates from back in in the medieval ages. If you pass the test, which costs £50, and a language test, which costs around £100, then you're eligible to apply for citizenship. Of course, if you could afford the fees, which is £1,350. And you wait for up to six months. Again. You wait. And you wait. A very, very stressful time. You try to go through your day and not think about it. But at night, this haunts you. This haunted me in my dreams. Uh, Many times I've seen myself deported back to Aleppo, my hometown in Syria. I've seen that my application has been rejected. I've seen that the decision was lost in the mail. Awful dreams whenever I wanted to sleep. Living in the UK for over six years, away from my family for over six years, suffering mental health issues, seeing flashbacks at night that I don't want to think about, spending most of my Christmases alone instead of being with the family because it's a family time. I was told. 
um, family scattered all over the, 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 the world and not everyone is able to fly to get together during Christmas or during any, any holiday that we celebrate. Getting stopped at the airports and not being able to be with the family and to live in one country. That was the thing that kept me awake and I thought of every time I went to sleep, waiting to become a citizen. It was a very, very stressful time. But all this stressful time is really worth it when you receive that letter from the home office stating that your application has been accepted. It's a feeling I cannot really describe in words. And if you haven't gone through this process, you wouldn't really 100% enjoy it or understand it. Now you're a British citizen. This country is your home. You don't need a leave to remain. You don't need to apply for a visa to go to, to a lot of different countries. You could just book a flight and go. This is something a lot of people take for granted and wouldn't really understand what's it like. But for me, a kid who was raised in, in Aleppo in Syria, and now I'm a British citizen, it means the world to me. It was, it was something that, that I really cannot describe in words now. I don't have a legal status this day. I'm a citizen. This is my home. This is my country. I live in London, so I don't have the luxury of having my own place. I share a house with other flatmates. I was walking home after a long day in the library. I was listening to a podcast, actually, when I got a message from Sophie, my dear friend, who I usually ask for cultural British things whenever I needed some advice from a local person. At the time, I was living in Lewisham, and I was walking in a dark alley when I received a message from Sophie. I will let Sophie explain what the message was and how she told me about this. I got back from holiday. I had been in France with my partner, and when we entered the flat, your letter was there on the floor. And I didn't notice initially, but my partner, Nicola, noticed uh, and pointed out that there was a letter addressed to you. And, and I think it was the only letter we received while we were away that weekend. I knew that for you it was such a big deal. It was, uh, yeah, I was quite nervous opening it because you had told me that some people had been asked for extra evidence. And, and I think the letter was already, you know, approaching I don't know, three months, so you know, the wait time. So I, yeah, I was nervous. And I opened it carefully, the envelope with a knife. When I realized that it was clearly that your application had been accepted, I sent you a message and then I sent you a photograph. And then I think I just immediately called you. Um, and you told me that you were going to come and collect the letter the following day. So I was working from home. So I went to sleep and then put my phone onto airplane mode. And then when I woke up, I, I took it off airplane mode at, I don't know, like 7.30, 8 o'clock. And there were all these messages from you saying that basically you were outside the house. And sure enough, um, when I said that I was awake, you appeared in your smartest clothes. And you said that you had already booked the citizenship ceremony for that day. This news was huge. I was really overwhelmed. I just wanted to hug someone and never let go. I started getting flashbacks of many precious moments. From the first moment I protested against the regime to 
precious moments here in the UK. Meeting the love of my life. The jobs that I had applied to. My first lecture in the UK. Endless thoughts. I couldn't really wait to tell all my friends and my family. I got home. I met my landlord. He's British. I told him, I'm one of you now. He looked at me funny and asked, Are you Jewish now, my son? And we both laughed. I didn't know he was Jewish. And that was the moment when he told me. My friend Ali is a Syrian refugee who is also waiting to hear from the Home Office about his citizen application. When your application is successful, the Home Office sends you a letter which fits through the door. Ali had been waiting for this letter, but he didn't get this letter through the door. He got something else in his mailbox. I remember when I opened my mailbox, I received a card in the mailbox from the carrier saying, you, you're you not home, so we had to send your um, package or parcel to the depot. So go back tomorrow and you can take it from there. I was really scared because I thought, why did they send me a parcel? If they had approved of the application, all they had to do was just send a letter rather than a parcel. If, if they had sent me in a parcel, that means that they had returned my documents. And the only way, the only reason they returned the documents was because they rejected the application. So that night was really a bad night for me. The next day in the morning, before work, I, I cycled to, to the depot, to the main center. When I got the uh, parcel, when I opened it, I was shaking actually. I was really scared. So I looked through the documents, I found my own documents, and then I found a letter as well. When I read it, the first few lines, I was shaking. So the first few lines were saying, thank you for applying for citizenship, blah, blah, blah. And then I thought, okay, that's it. <laughs> then the following paragraph said, I'm pleased. <laughs> and when I read that word, I felt like, whoa, such a big load off of my shoulders. But yeah, it was a really nice feeling. It was mixed with guilt, to be honest, because I was thinking I'm being happy for getting this. I'm only getting this because I've been able to stay in the country because my own country was destroyed and people were killed. So in a way, I felt a bit guilty. But at the same time, I didn't really plan this. One cannot forget the, the, the price that, well, some people had to pay for some of us to be here. Um, many of us couldn't be here and they are still struggling in Syria and in neighboring countries. So yes, it's, it's a, it was an extremely great feeling. It wasn't completely free from, uh, well, negative feelings that, you know, that you, uh, you always develop when you think about your own country. When I submitted my application to become British citizen, I imagined that I would get the letter one day. I wouldn't open it at home. I will go to the War Museum in London because it reminds me of home. I wanted to open this letter at a place 
closer to home. And unfortunately, the war museum is a place that reminds me of home. Every time I see tanks and warplanes, I wish that there was no war in Syria and all those civilians, innocent people, were still alive. But when I was told that I got the letter from the home office, I couldn't really wait. It was a very stressful time. The letter from the home office has a lot of information about the next step. First, you need to book your citizenship ceremony through your council. So I went online and I found a space the very next day. So I booked it and it was free. I had to choose between an oath of allegiance or an affirmation if you don't want to involve God in your ceremony. So I chose the affirmation one. That night, I couldn't really go to sleep. I was so excited. I was so excited I called and texted everyone I knew and the news traveled around the globe that I have become a British citizen. I decided to dress up for the ceremony. I wore a gray blazer, white shirt, and dark trousers. On the way, I started looking at things differently. This is now my country. I belong here. I started looking at immigrants working in a cafe, like I did when I first arrived in the UK, and thinking, maybe one day they will become citizens too, and they will be happy. I arrived at the council almost two hours early. When the time came, those who were waiting for the ceremony were asked to sign a registry and take a seat. The hall has an old photo of Queen Elizabeth. I guess she was in her th late 30s. A good-looking guy from the council welcomed us and told us that we will have to stand up when the mayor comes. The mayor comes with music in the background playing. He was wearing a medal. I didn't know if the medal was from the Olympics or it was just a tradition. I didn't really care. Our names were written on envelopes. Everyone had an envelope, which has some leaflets about voting and other important issues. And a letter stating that we are British citizen now. My name was called. I was asked to uh, hold my hand up and repeat after the guy from the council. I do solemnly, sincerely, and truly declare and affirm that I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, her heirs and successors, according to the law. After that, I was asked to take a seat, and when everyone had finished, the national anthem was played, and we were asked to sing along. I looked around, people were happy. Many people came with their children or partners, but I was by myself. But the thought of the people I love was in my mind. I felt happy, really, really happy. I was actually doing something very British. I was enjoying the moment. I don't know the national anthem by heart, but I've heard it many times every time Lewis Hamilton won a Formula One race. I couldn't help but compare the circumstances now. With the way we were forced to sing the national anthem in Syria. Now, in England, 
nothing would happen to me if I don't sing along. I enjoyed singing along with fellow new citizens. I was quite happy. I am a British citizen. I have my freedoms. I enjoy them. In the crowd, I noticed an MP from the Tory party back then. It was Rory Stewart. He was there attending his wife's citizenship ceremony, just like me. It felt nice to see an MP in the crowd. Just like a regular citizen, he was there with his wife. I walked up to him. He congratulated me for being a citizen and introduced me to his wife. We talked about my origin, about Syria, and we had a very polite and pleasant talk. Those little moments right after I became citizen is something I will never forget. Not because I met Rory Stewart, but because it felt nice to know that you could be an MP, but your wife would still have to go through certain steps to become a citizen, just like me, a refugee from Aleppo. I could run for a place in the parliament if I want to. I could be whoever I want to be. And this is why I love this country. When I recorded this podcast with Ali, he had already been a British citizen for over a year. So I asked him what it means for him to be a British citizen. For me, being British means two things. Respecting the country, but also earning the right to be a citizen in the country. So, and the two, of course, go together. So if I want to live in this country, um, and if I have to be treated as a British citizen, that means I need to respect the laws, the rules, um, which makes sense. That does make sense uh, for whichever country you happen to be in or for whichever country you happen to be a citizen of. Um, for me personally, being a citizen goes even further than that. Being a citizen means that I feel that not only am I not only am I given the same opportunities in terms of employment as any other British citizen, but also the fact that I'm able to um, meet the potential I have in life towards other things. So, potential of uh, romance and marriage, the potential of a social group, having friends, potential of respect and uh, self-actualization, uh, challenging myself. Um, all these things are actually important aspects to, to, to consider in the meaning of, of a citizen. My life has completely changed for the better, of course, after becoming a British citizen. I left my house a refugee and came back a British citizen. Now I could easily book a flight to see my family. Becoming British opened the door for me to apply to a lot of different jobs that require traveling. I no longer worry about my legal situation in the country or if I'm going to be deported back to Syria. Having the British citizenship is a privilege. It's not only about flying visa-free to many countries or applying for better jobs. It is being able to live in a country where the rule of law is present, where I can enjoy my freedoms, where I wouldn't fear talking to the police or 
worry about being sent to prison if I criticize the government. I was audio recording my citizenship ceremony on my phone and wanted to play uh, certain parts for this podcast. But my phone was stolen from me. Of course, I live in London. But it's okay. We Brits have the ability to laugh at ourselves and take it on the chin. This podcast is presented by me, Abdullah Tahan, and edited by Leah Sheik. The music's from the Audio Network, among other places, and my two guests today were Ali and Sophie.